0: Hey, it's Jess, and welcome to The Heart Strong, a podcast where we explore navigating the challenges in our lives. It's my personal mission to guide you towards your greatest potential. So come along with me as we explore living with courage, or as I put it, living heartstrong. All right, welcome to The Heart Strong Podcast. Today is episode two with Bridget Pescenti. Last week, we sat together and talked about pushing up against social norms through the lens of motherhood, friendship, marriage, and partnership. And today, we're back again to do the second part of this conversation and to talk about pushing up against the social norm of victim mentality and the idea that we can have it all. So welcome to the podcast, Bridget. Thanks for joining me again today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So um, like I said, last week, we talked about two, two other social norms. So if you didn't listen to that episode, that was making people comfortable while we're uncomfortable. And the second one was canceling ourselves in this cancel culture. So if you haven't had a chance, go back to the previous episode and listen to what we talked about then. You know, Bridget and I have done an episode together every season of the Heart Strong podcast. And we really like to choose a topic about culture. Like where are we, what are we thinking about? What are we noticing in our friends and people around us? And we like to address some of those things. These are often things that we talk about in our conversations just on the phone and in person. And so we thought we'd bring some of those ideas to you today. And so we're going to go to number three, which is letting go of a victim mentality and the idea that we can have it all. So that's where we're going to start today. So Brid, when I say those things, what do you think of, because I I want to break it down. Um, I want to talk about victim mentality for that. And then Mm -hmm. the idea that we can have it all kind of separately and we'll bring them together at the end. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to victim mentality, like in culture and the way people think, what comes to mind for you?
1: I think that there are, you know, de- different definitions of, of of victimhood, right? And and we know that there are very much um, victim of of body and mind, um, right? And also spirit. But then I think there are ways of of you know doing this to ourselves as well, right? And so um, when we think or believe that. Life happens, you know, to us. This is happening to me. And we don't as much examine the role of which we have in that statement, or we don't examine that at all. Um, I think we can really much easier stay in that place. Um, and for many reasons. Maybe we like the attention we're getting from from people, even if it is negative. Um or positive, you know, we're getting more care than we did before by this happening to me and someone feeling some compassion or empathy. Um, but oftentimes staying in, I believe, a victim's state of mind, it doesn't really serve us in the long run because of how much it plays into the detriment of how we view ourselves and our worthiness. I think we see ourselves seated in Well, like we're saying, in a victim role. And so there's more to that. And what we don't realize is how much that affects really everything else that we're doing. We're constantly, I think, looking for others to either keep us in this space or we think that that there is just no other way, you know, that we can't view it any differently. Because, again, culture says we can't you know, social norms says, this is my plight. This is happening to me. And now this is my, this is the seat I will have for the rest of my life. And and that I don't believe to be true. I think that that can be transformed, that very much can be shifted. Um, And, you know, we've talked about this and and you had shared with me a really beautiful um, example of you know, Ethan's birthday, and maybe some way that within, uh, you know, community are viewing the message of this being the day of maybe not as much celebrating, you know, celebrating as, as a social number of birthdays, we celebrate, right, that this would be looked at differently. And, and you saying, I don't see it that way. Um, okay. So I want you to know, talk more about that.
0: Yeah, I think that you brought up a really interesting point about victim mentality and that it 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 kind of seeps in as an identity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this happened to me, this is my place in the world, this is this is becomes my identity instead of really defining what We want our identity to be within that role that we're sitting in. So for the example that you just brought up about Ethan's birthday, for those of you who might not know, um, my son Ethan died when he was seven needing a heart transplant and he would have turned 18 just a, a week ago. And, you know, it's always a very interesting Uh, day for me, because I will be honest, it's the hardest day of the year for me. Um, You know, every mother wants to celebrate their child on their birthday. Everyone wants to see their child grow. Who would they be? I mean, these are questions that we ask ourselves, but it's also a day where I reflect upon all of the ways that I've grown in my life and all of the gifts that Ethan has brought to me. And so the identity that I choose is one of Ethan's a gift and that I have grown so much as a human and he has made me who I am and that it is not a day of I am a grieving mother and I'm stuck in my house and there's and and this has happened to me but that even his death is something that has happened for me and the question becomes what am I going to do with it and that's something that I want I examine really every year on his birthday and I had a couple people make that comment on social media, which people are so generous to remember him and to s- send messages, and I, I appreciate that. It's what every person that's missing someone wants is to know that they're remembered. But is that like today is such a gut punch for you? And it, there were a couple of comments like that, and it was really interesting because I thought, hmm, well, I get that. On one hand, I get how someone could say that, but I it was not aligned for me. That was not how I was feeling that day, I'm like, I don't want my son's birthday. It's potentially, I guess you could say, a gun punch that he's not here. But like I've so shifted my view on what how life works that I see all everything that happens to me as something that's happening for me, as an opportunity to grow, as something that really I have to dig so deep into to see a bigger story. And that is what I want my identity to be. So I think the message is like, you can have things happen to you in your life that are tragic Mm -hmm. and you need to give yourself time to grieve in them, but it's your choice what your identity becomes through it. And I think sometimes in my experience, it is pushing up against a social norm to say, this is the identity that I choose when you have a disabled kid like i do or you have a kid that's died or there's you know you're divorced your child's an addict you know, you're, you've gone through bankruptcy. I mean, there's a million things. The world will give you an identity Mm -hmm. and be, make it very easy for you to be a victim. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be a choice to push up against that and say, this is the identity that I'm going to choose. It is hard to do, but I think it's such an important thing to do because that's what gives us agency and energy, frankly, in our lives.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you said it, it, you know, It can be a lot easier just to take this and what the world says you are or what they believe you to be because of whatever it is you're experiencing in your life or what you, you know, has happened to you and how much that really can strip any sense of owning, like you said, agency of your life. You know, and, and I think that that message is so powerful to say you can, you, it's yours. It's yours for speaking, but you're going to have to make those choices and you're going to have to push up against that. And it's not going to be easy because you're going to be met with doubt by the world. You can make that happen too. And, and, and confusion about what, how do they, how are they doing that? There's all the things you're not going to be understood. You're not going to be understood by everybody, but, but that's, these are the trade-offs and that's the price. And, and, you know, would you take that over the other every day rather than staying in that, that victim mentality or identity?
0: Right. And because it is, it is a choice. And I think it is, and there are so many areas of life where I think people would like for us to stay silent or to stay in this box because it's so much more comfortable mm-hmm. for that for yeah. them, yeah. Yeah. for yeah. us to be in this box than it is for us to say, no, I want to choose this instead. Um, but I think that, that it's also a very empowering place. Mm -hmm. And so stepping out of that role of being a victim of your circumstance and twisting that around and thinking to yourself, how can I make this also a place of power? And that is a very personal choice. But if you want to talk about transforming culture, transforming the world around you, transforming your family, yourself, your community, that's where it begins. It's flipping the script I think on the things that happen to us, and saying, "What if this is a birthplace of something?"
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and finding finding the beauty, finding some you know within joy within, or but really again going back to that, making something beautiful, transforming that you have that you and you alone really mm-hmm. have that agency to do it and to to teach others to or give permission to others mm-hmm. to do the same and i think that that's mo- that's the modeling that we really need because we aren't going to be in a world ever where there isn't suffering that's right so, right you no know, so i need i don't know what the alternative is that's never going to end that has always been and will always be always be so
0: well that's we- a connector like that's a human connector i think yeah. if you want to talk about you know, getting out of the victim mentality of your life. It's like suffering. You're not, you're not unique because you suffer. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this is maybe, I think about this sometimes. It's like, if you think of the world over of women whose children have died, I mean, you know, I think about that sometimes how many women share that pain. We all share different pains. That's one of them. There's a, there's a millions of women who have experienced that. I am not unique in that the choice is what am I going to do with that? And so, and so the suffering is this unique, is not unique and -hmm. it's a human connector and it's it's a conduit to, to our humanity, to who we are and then to find other people who are choosing to do something with it is, is such a, a gift. And so how can we be those people for ourselves and then those as models for others?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you bring up a good point too, with, you know, these conduits and and connectors in that we've talked about um, one of my favorites is bell hooks is healing doesn't happen in isolation. And we talk a lot about you and I absolutely about self and agency, but it doesn't end there. There's another piece beyond that. Right. And, and that it is, um, I think we're in a, in a time of really radical individualism and we aren't seeing ourselves as much in community we've come out of pandemic where we were really about you know individualism in a lot of ways i mean we were in community in a sense of like you know when people say we're all in the same boat that's not really true either but we were isolated in a way that that was communal too in a straight in a strange way i think there was a lot uh we weren't out in community you know human energy Next to one another, interacting with one another, we were interacting like this more than interacting in real life. Where um, we have we're going to be less, much less scripted um, in our human experiences, right? Than we could be via Zoom or you know uh, as this. But um, I think that that is something that we are learning to get back into, and we need more of um, over, you know, many years here of just sort of working on this sense of self. And we've forgotten about the fact that there's this backside of working on the sense of self is only good if we can take that out into the world and, and use it there. Um, we're not in a container here. We were sort of in a container for some time. Now we're not. And so we have to shift that or flip that a bit and I think that's taking time for people, but I think it's a real opportunity um, to step into that um, and be reacquainted once again in what that means, because I think that is where, where the real healing happens. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're, we're la- you and I agree on this, that we're we're lacking there and that there's some real room for opportunity. And I think by some of this modeling of what we're talking about, About going, you know, we live in societies, right? So by going back into these societies of ours or communities with this, armed with this sense of self and agency, like what, what we can do with that, honoring ourselves, you know?
0: But it, and but I think you and I both agree, like you got it on yourself, but then it doesn't stop with you. I think right. that's the other cultural norm within this victim mentality that happens is that it's about yes. me. Yes. And it, it's just about me and I need to work on myself for me. No, the goal of healing, the goal of pushing up against that norm is saying, then what can I do to serve others? I mean, there's so much, there's research that shows that, you know serving other people is really the way many people heal it's an antidote to this radical individualism it's mm-hmm. the whole point as to why we grow and change and work on ourselves and heal is not just to stop with ourselves it's then to say how can i take that to the people <laughs> you yeah, know how exactly. can i get it out right. into the world and utilize that that learning that knowledge that energy to serve other people and i think that one way to get out of a victim mentality in your life is to go serve other people and go interact with other people. It's so much easier to stay isolated, which we, our culture has also handed us on a silver platter over the last three years. And it is pushing up against that as well of saying, no, you know, we need to be with people. I'm curious, like, you know, you just got back from Spain, you did a a yoga retreat there. Like, what are you noticing in your students and the people that you interact with in your community about the desire for community.
1: Yeah. Well, I think along those same lines that you were talking about too, is taking it out. Um, is, is this expanding of expanding of your heart too, is these other more subtleties of not just it's about me and this has to make me feel good. Otherwise I'm not doing any of this, but these compassion, this compassion, this empathy, these other pieces of meeting people where they are at um, and and seeing that that is necessary for this world, you know, to go on um, and necessary for our own healing. Um, One thing I've always enjoyed about um, specifically in the work that I do is that um, in the style of yoga that we practice, everyone is really moving to their own um, pace or cadence, we say. Um, with a, a specific sort of method or framework, and then within that it's individualized um, whether you're whatever you're working through you know physically injuries mentally but that there is a framework so that we we're talking about maybe a system that you're working talk about other other systems or methods but you're working next to someone that you may not know at all and don't start it by talking to them or having any more interaction than maybe waving, saying hi, or you know their name, but there isn't this energetic um, dialogue that happens much that can happen like outside of, of the space, but that we all come together to do our work. And when we know of other spaces that this happens, right. I'm, I'm just speaking of my personal experience. And, and it's amazing to me that, you know, you can do, I don't, you don't know what's going on in that person's life. And this is a really good analogy for life outside, right? It's like, you have no idea what that person's going through. We say this all the time. And that's what happens here. With that, you're using sort of the same method of breathing and moving your body. So getting into your body to sort of get out of your head. Um, and, and, and doing that work in a communal setting. You know, um, I, I just, I love that piece of it that you're going to get something different than the next person from this, but you're using this. Um, so we've got this individualism in a collective setting. I, it, it looks so beautiful. It's like, this is how we need to go about the world. It's like, you know what I mean? I'm walking down the sidewalk with somebody, you know, next to me, elbow to elbow. It's like, I don't know what's going on in their lives, um, but can we have some sort of energetic shift or an interaction? And maybe it sounds lofty, but that just, again, supports this, this human, you know, um, that's what I think we are missing in that this boomerang of like, what goes out always needs to come back to me. You know, it doesn't always, um, and it shouldn't because again, like you said, the serving of others, I, I do believe that is what we're here to do. Um, and if you keep sort of that idea um, I think it helps you again, continue to work on yourself so you can be the best you can be, you know, out in community um, and serving and serving others and serving others, which means our children.
0: Yeah. Our, our families, children. right. The people oh. under our
1: roof, right. Yeah. Start at right. home. You yeah, know? start at home. Like um, so.
0: Yeah. 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 So the second part of this sort of, um, idea that we wanted to sort of question was Mm -hmm. the idea that we can have it all and, you know, can we have it all? What is having it all? You know, and so I wanted to explore a little bit of that too, because, you know, we let, I think that we let others define what all is. And I think social media is a huge component of that. I think it's really impacting our kids You know, it's like there, what's this ideal life? You know, what does that look like? I read an interesting statistic that, you know, our generation, Gen X, that we're at the tail end of, we didn't grow up with full like social media and and technology. So we're better at tempering it than other generations because we kind of know that it's somewhat not real. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of have one foot in each. Yeah. And our kids don't have that. Right. They just don't. And so we're basically living in a culture where we're allowing other people to define what all is. And so can we have it all? And if so, or if not, like who's defining that?
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great point in terms of what I was. we were talking with earlier. I'm not as concerned as maybe the language of you know some people will be like oh well we were told you know and we talked about this that the generation that we were raised in was we had these household um like of traditional household roles right but then we were told um that but then we were also empowered to be independent women and so our mothers definitely are like you can have it all you can do it all you can be all and and then it's like we're questioning like is that message real can it be done? What does it mean? You know, again, this defining of what all is, I'm not, I go back to that. I'm not as concerned about like, you can have it all because I think if you just define the all for you, you can be pretty satisfied. Right. Um, But that's, that's a lot of work there and that you're not pulled in being like, oh, but I, you know, whatever we, we, whatever we assign, like, I don't have this and this or this, this, and this. So maybe that means I'm not, you know, I'm not doing it all. You know, again, we're gonna, it is gonna be a very unfulfilling prophecy if we use that as our examination tool. If we're gonna use social media as like, am I great today? Never, you know, it's, it's not a good place to be. And if that's w- what you're using as your tool, like you need to step away, right? We have to look at what we're consuming and really understand how much we are soaking that up. Um, yeah, I think even on a cellular level, and have choices to say like, that doesn't make me feel great. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. You know, we go back to what we were saying, again, pushing up against those social norms and, and making those those choices. So I think the definition of all is very personal. So I think, yeah, I want to say I feel like I've got it all. And I don't think that's a bad thing because of how I'm defining that all.
0: Right, because so- you you've defined it for yourself, though, but you've taken... Yeah the agency the confidence right. to say this is what all is for me
1: yeah and the courage to say my all doesn't look anything like your all
0: right and that's okay it's
1: okay right yeah. you're not lesser than i'm not lesser than you know those are those important distinctions in the language that we're using and not just landing and and letting it end on the all Yeah. Right. And that's going to be be defined differently. And I think that's where we've gotten really off kilter is that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what does this all mean? Mm
0: -hmm. And what and 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 then it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week a little bit, too, is having that alignment within ourselves so that we can take aligned action in our life to define what that looks like for us in our family. And I think the message that seems to be a through line to me of all the things that we've talked about last week and this week Mm -hmm. is that you have to take time to know yourself. You have to get, go inside, but it's not to stop there. It's then to be able to take that learning, that confidence, that agency, and step it out into the choices you're making for your family and for yourself, for the things in your relationships and all these areas that we've talked about. It's like that conduit piece. You have to do that work in order to choose your all, in order to not think of yourself necessarily as a victim. And so, you know, I think one other thing that you and I have talked about that I think is very interesting is you know, one thing we're missing, I think, in our culture is is a grounding of values of what we believe, of who we are, of an idea of something bigger than ourselves. I mean, you and I are both people of faith and, and we both um, practice that in our lives. And I think if you don't have a sense that you're a part of a bigger story or there's something important for you to do that's bigger than you, it is really easy to think of yourself as a victim and in that it is really easy to measure yourself against maybe what someone else has or a Mm -hmm. life that they have. And so can you talk a little bit about that idea of like even what you're noticing or sensing as far as, you know, what we're missing in terms of a grounding that allows us to do all the things that we've talked about this week and last week, you know, in a, in a more peaceful way,
1: right? Well, I think that this is something that um, we have to once again, as you say, always is get quiet. Um, the world is really, really noisy, and so many things are coming at us, and so there has to be a choice. And I don't mean that it's like, oh, she's saying it. I'm learn how to meditate. You know, that might not be your modality. We have many other practices that are available to us right in the world. And it's going to be different for, for all of us on what that looks like. So that's number one acceptance of like, I don't meditate so I can't be grounded. I don't want to meditate so I, I don't like, I don't wanna do yoga. I don't like yoga, I don't like to run. So that means I can't, I don't like to take walks. You know, there's all these things that we won't know what works for us if we don't try put some of these things into some practice, if we don't do some type of checks and balances and, and looking in and how you look in. I'm not as interested in the modality of how you look in, you know, but I think those of us that are doing this are going to speak about it. And so you know, that's the message from us is that it's not going to necessarily look like what we're doing or maybe what we're saying, but there are pieces of what we're saying that I think are universal truths. I really, really do and i think you you and i both feel this way this is what drives m- many of our conversations this what this is what has driven the the, the inception of our friendship um, you know, many many years ago was this just sort of idea i think to push up against social norms even in our early 20s when we met when we were like looking around going this can't be it you know this can't be all there is that we're not we're not willing to fall in line you know we were disruptors and um, because we were really curious, and because we were innovators and creative, and saying like, "I don't want to just accept that this is the way it's done, and fall in line." Um, and so I think that that is a uh, a big concept that you a mindset, not a concept, from not being a victim when things happen to you, um, and then not just absorbing them, and then like. It, sitting with that and thinking that you have no agency to shift that. Um, that you absolutely do, um, but it's going to be hard. And this idea that other people's lives must be so much easier and that they nothing ever happens to them and no one is suffering and that we said, you know, suffering is also a universal truth. And um, when we understand that piece, I think we're we might be, a little bit more um, open to the idea that maybe our suffering isn't unique, and that, that we can kind of look outside. I definitely there's a little bit of I always say, a, you know, I grew up in a small town, and I really craved anonymity. So I was like, I need to go to the city. I didn't want people to know my business. I just didn't, and I had a lovely, lovely, you know, childhood. It's not that at all, but it was too small town for my my brain. <laughs> And my way of thinking, I felt. Um, and I wanted just to meet people who maybe had different ideas and, and this, that, and the other. And um, I feel like what happens with that, you know, is, is that expansion of just not always accepting what other people on the box they want to put you in. And when you think that way, you are more open to questioning it for yourself you know, and, and you said that earlier about being placed in a box and that, that doesn't end there. It doesn't have to end there, but you're really going to have to do the work to get yourself out of that. And that also understand that you might not be understood by everybody for doing that. And that's okay.
0: And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But and finding like, you know, and finding a place where you're grounded, a belief that grounds you, a place where you see the that your life fits into a bigger
1: picture, absolutely a bigger and that's story. A, a grounding yeah. is a practice. We're yeah. not just grounded on two feet, and now we walk on the earth. And, and it, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think when it, to circle back to that, and, and is that yeah, grounding has to be a, a practice effort, like to stay be mm-hmm. grounded, because we know within a day. And, and I love grounding practices, and that's what I do and teach people. I'm not always grounded. Yeah. I can feel myself start to rise up off the and and floating and out-of-body experiences. Absolutely. And if I don't or didn't have the tools that I've worked on to figure out what can, we'll use these terms, you know, we have now regulating a nervous system so that we're all not all walking around as dysregulated nervous systems, which is primarily what's going on because what is coming at us through social media um, and we're disassociated from our bodies, um, all of that, these are practices. You have to get back inside um, and through this come down. So these are practices, whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's taking a walk, taking a run, cooking, whatever can get you into a place of peace within your center that's what you need. That's the goal. That's what you need to find. And that's what you have to keep going back to over and over and over again. And it's never ending and it's ever shifting. So those practices also be open to this vacillating of that too. Um, And I think we're more open to those things too, coming to us that we might be um, when we are, already sort of rooted in something that that might not be the thing forever you know but you and I always use that kind of language we're not interested in saying like I'm you know I'm done with we're in process mm-hmm. we're in process of life
0: mm-hmm. always so growing always know. discovering that's knowing so- that there's something always yeah. more to learn to grow through to discover to um to 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 learn about and, and i think that that's like kind of in you know sort of starting to wrap up these these ideas is that i think that you and i would both agree that curiosity is like what i think is one of the things that that sort of probably binds our friendship too is that we're very curious people mm-hmm. and we're open to a lot of ideas and we're open to thinking differently and that we want to encourage people to do that in their life, to find their values, to find what they believe in, to serve other people, to know themselves and not, and to do that in a sense where it's aligned for you. It's kind of like, you know, you want to like, I'm looking over there because I have a closet there. It's like, you want to go in the closet, get -hmm. out all of the noise that's around and, and really and really discover those things for yourself so that when you open that door and you go out into the world, you are going into a place with a peaceful soul and a peaceful spirit, um, that is aligned for you and with you so that you can do the work that you're here to do because each of us has a special purpose, a unique calling. And I don't think that we can really do that if we're, if we're sort of bobbing and weaving with the trends and the narratives of society. And we can't even hear ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I think along those lines, it's a beautiful analogy is that I'd like to think that the more we hone in on that, we actually don't even see some of these other voices. We just don't see them any longer. I, I feel personally that way, that there's less and less than I am conflicted with that is out there. So I feel like there becomes this little bit of a barrier of, you know, they say like, you know, you won't miss something that isn't for you, you know, um, because there's a lot out there that could be for me. No, I mean, that's, I don't feel like, I definitely don't feel like I have this one, you know, I do feel like it's made for this, but I also think there are a lot of things that could be made for this. Because I have choice, you know, right in that. But that I think that's a beautiful thing, too, that recognizing that like it isn't it can be all for us. But we have to kind of steer that a little bit. And um, and then we start to then just not ignore necessarily, but not be maybe conflicted or bothered by these things that are just clearly not usually word aligned with where we have found ourselves um, at.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's a beautiful way to end. And so I guess I hope that if you're, you've listened to these last two episodes that you will really take some time to think about maybe how these statements that we've shared, these social norms that we've discussed, how they sit with you and how you might also push up against them in your own life for yourself and within your family. And ultimately, I mean, you said it, Brid, is that if we could, this is like even a personal mission that I have, if we can help people to be whole, healthy humans Mm -hmm. who are at peace with their lives, who are aligned, who know what, who they are and what they believe in, I mean, that makes a more peaceful world and and that helps each of us to, to reach the potential that each of us has. And so as we close out today, I hope that you will give some thought to these things and that you will really seek out peace in your own life, not to the whim of the things that come around you or to the next feed you see in social media, but one that isn't aligned in your heart so that you can really live and be your truest self. So, Britt, thank you so much for being with me these last two weeks. It's always so awesome to have a conversation with you. I always love it.
1: Love it. Same. Me too. Thanks,
0: bro. All right. Until next time. Thank you for joining me here on the HeartStrong Podcast. Please rate and review this podcast and share an episode that you love with a friend. Because when you do, you help us grow our mission of encouraging people to grow through the challenges of their lives and to live their full potential.
1: We'll see you next time.